just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully all is going well for you. It is Friday. Now, I want to clear something up. In a previous podcast from yesterday, I might have said, well, it's Friday, <laughs> and it was actually Thursday. I don't know which one of the podcasts. I did two yesterday, so I'm not sure which one it is, but don't come for me on this shit. I'm not losing it. I'm not slipping here. I'm retired. I don't know what fucking day it is most days. Every day is fucking Saturday to a guy who's retired. So just cut me some slack on that one. All right, we start the show off as we normally do with some emails, and I have a few. This one comes from Jesus. Good morning, Mike. I'm glad all went well with your surgery. I have a question that is kind of out there. Of course you do. This is the Rational Boomer Podcast. According to Section 274A1A and then three lowercase i's, don't know what that means, of the Immigration and Nationality Act, the transportation of undocumented persons is illegal. My question is, shouldn't Hot Wheels Abbott be prosecuted? Now, hold on there, Jesus. Hot Wheels Abbott? That's not PC. (laughs) That's not appropriate. That's not sensitive. I would prefer you call Greg Abbott piece of shit, Governor Greg Abbott. That's more appropriate. By the way, got to tell you, love the show. You don't hold back. And as an older liberal in a very red part of Washington state, it's good to hear some sanity. Thanks, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time to comment. Um, I know what you're saying about Greg Abbott. That's probably the least illegal thing he's done. I think Greg Abbott is going to be in some deep trouble. Something more than just not getting reelected. He's done some pretty unethical things as governor of the state of Texas, and he's put his own constituents in danger from the electrical grid situation to the overturning Roe v. Wade. Not to mention the pandemic. Um, He's cost a lot of lives in Texas. And so you would hope that we, he would be held accountable for this. I don't know to what extent. Uh, maybe it's just losing an election, but Greg Abbott isn't long for his current lofty position. He will be voted out. I'm certain of that. Nobody can run a state, a governor, and screw up as much as he has and still win the election. I don't live in Texas. I don't know much about Texas. But I know when you've got a screw-up, they don't typically win elections. So let's keep our fingers crossed that Greg Abbott is somebody else's problem after the next election. 
All right, this next one comes from Jen. She's a frequent emailer. She's been on the show. She says, hey, Mike, after yesterday's podcast, I thought I'd give you my two cents on the situation in Mississippi. Since I grew up there and spent 15 years of my adult life in Mississippi, the water issue is not a new thing. They have neglected the water infrastructure for years, along with other things like the roads. Tater tot... She's talking about Governor Tate Reeds, is a joke and does nothing for the state. He's just like Death Santes <laughs> in politics. It come, politics comes first. I'm embarrassed for my home state and sad for the people of Jackson. Most of my homies have moved to outlying areas. Even though they may work in Jackson, the tax base has left and it's all because of the conditions around Jackson. Crime is at, a, at an all-time high. It's another case of Republicans don't care about people and only make changes that support their agendas. We are collecting water and sending to my home state, but it's nothing more than a Band-Aid. Thanks, my friend, for bringing attention to this issue on your podcast. Jen. Well, this is an important issue. I mean... We had this atrocity in Flint, Michigan, and it seemed like nobody was doing anything. And then we had these other locations around the country where there was fracking, and you saw the document uh, documentaries that showed water coming out of a spigot and then being able to be lit with a match as if it's flammable. Water, the exact opposite of something that should be flammable. This is a real problem, and... Our infrastructure has been a big problem. As I said in the previous podcast, we've spent decades and decades talking about infrastructure without anything being done. There's a lot of money that goes to roads and other things, but there is a lot to our infrastructure that we have to attend to in order to maintain safety with the people of these individual states. And it's one thing for the federal government to do what they do and provide the money, but then it's on the states to act actually do something. And you make a good point, Jen. Republicans have shown us, at least in the last six years, they don't give a shit about the people. All they care about is giving money to the rich folks and lining their own pockets. I don't know how long it takes for Republicans to realize that they're voting for people that don't do any good for them. I don't get it. I don't understand where the disconnect is, how they continually vote for this fucking pieces of shit. I mean, I just saw Kevin McCarthy come on, and he was talking about this new Inflation Reduction Act that was passed and how they're giving more money to the IRS. And Kevin McCarthy, the... The, the the leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives said, the IRS is hiring 87,000 people, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to look at your bank accounts. They're going to look at your Venmo. They're going to terrorize you. Well, that is an absolute, complete lie. That's not what's going to happen at all. First of all, they're going to hire 87 agents over the next 10 years. Now, in that same time period, it's expected some 50,000 people will be retiring. So, in fact, 
it's going to be a net positive of like 37,000 people. So it's not quite as crazy as Kevin McCarthy, who knows better, suggests it is. Secondly, it's been quoted a number of times by our Secretary of Commerce, I think it's Janet Yellen, who said, this money and these people coming in will be focusing on those folks making up making over $400,000. Now, the vast majority of people in this country don't make over $400,000. But you see, Kevin McCarthy would rather take this information, try to scare the average Joe, in order to push along his agenda. And Jen's absolutely right. They not only don't do anything for people, they will flat out fucking lie. And there are a certain amount of people in this country that are just stupid enough to believe it. Now, you and I and people who listen to the Rational Boomer podcast know better than this. We know it's absolute bullshit. But there's enough people out there to perpetuate these lies. And they pass it along to their friends and family. And then there's a faction of people that believe this shit. You know, that's part of the reason I wanted to do the Rational Boomer podcast, because there's so many stories out there and people take the it's like the fucking Bible. They take pieces out of it and make it say whatever they want it to say. And then what happens? People are misinformed. And when they're misinformed, they make decisions or have opinions on things that make no fucking sense. This is something that's got to change. And now let's 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 talk about the infrastructure too. Yes, the Democrats passed the infrastructure bill just this past year. And it's much needed. We're going to need more. But they haven't passed an infrastructure bill for decades and decades and decades in spite of the fact that we've needed it. Now the Republicans haven't been in control all the time in those decades and decades, the Democrats have. So the Democrats are also just as negligent when it comes to our infrastructure. It's like anything you own, whether it be your car or your house or your bike or whatever. You got to maintain the shit or the shit falls apart. This is a big country. And there's a lot of things to attend to. Bridges, roads, water supplies, all those things. If they aren't kept up and maintained, they are going to fail. And unfortunately, unlike your car or your house, when shit fails on the roads, your water supply, bridges and such, well, then fucking people get hurt. People die. This should be the very least our government should be doing. This should be on the forefront of what they do for us as well as providing health care and free college. I know I sound like a crazy liberal to the Republicans, but they're giving away free shit to rich people and nobody says a fucking word. We pay our government a lot in taxes, whether you make $20,000 a year or $2 million, well, anything above 400000 they don't pay taxes. But we regular folks pay a high percentage of what we earn every year to taxes. Is it crazy to think that maybe we should get something in return? People keep saying this is the greatest country in the world. Then why is it this country treats its citizens worse than every other fucking country in the world? 
See, that's got to stop. We've got to shut down the Republicans because we know they don't give a shit. But we've got to put some pressure on the Democrats, too, because for decades and decades, they've dropped the fucking ball. So, Jen, thank you for your comments. It is a tragic situation in Jackson, just as it was a tragic situation when the grid failed in Texas, just as it's tragic in Flint, Michigan. These are tragedies, and our government, whether they be local or federal, need to fucking address these things. Not a week from now, not two weeks from now, now. Can you imagine being in your home and not having access to water? I know it doesn't sound like a big thing. People will say, well, I drink pop and beer. But it's more than that, of course. I mean, Jesus Christ, my condo here is heated and cooled with a boiler, which is water. If I want to take a shower, wash my clothes, do whatever I want to do, we need water. Water is not a luxury. Water is an essential And at the very least, our government should provide us not only water, but clean, palatable, non-toxic water. That's the fucking least they should do. So again, thanks, Jen. I appreciate the comments, and uh, let's hope things get better in Jackson. All right, this next one comes from a woman by the name of Alona. Interesting name. Never heard that name. Well, I have heard the name because she's written an email before, but beyond that, I'd never heard that name. She says, hi, Mike. I was surprised when you departed from your regular format and had Dr. Quarry on last week. I found a lot of value in the program. As Dr. Quarry pointed out, many of Trump's supporters are educated, successful, and fully functioning in the society. It's easy to paint them as crazy or dumb, although some of them are. Dr. Corey recommended building bridges with them. I have found that that's an exercise in frustration to do so. I have one member on each side of the family who are Trump diehards. Both don't have business skills or higher education on their side. In both cases, we are prohibited by their spouses to bring up Trump. Apparently, we might hurt their feelings. They are both extremely thin-skinned when talking about politics. The few times uh, where we have had discussions with them, they often are relying on information from Fox News to bolster their viewpoints. When you offer other sources of info, they won't even consider it. I'm sure I'm not your only listener struggling with Trumplefux in the family. I recently read a book by Stephen Hassan called The Cult of Trump. Mr. Hassan is considered a cult expert he is also was in the Moonies cult as a young man. And if you're old enough, <clears throat> you remember the Moonies. Uh, it was Reverend Sun Young Moon. And that was a freaky-ass fucking cult. They had mass marriages and all kinds of crazy shit. He offers some direction at the end of the book of how to bring them back. Apparently telling them that they are in a cult isn't helpful. His recommendations are simply to reach out, connect, and educate. And when they're open to it. Maybe you could have an expert in cults and mind control on your program. Not a bad idea. During one of the January 6th committee hearings, my mind was blown when Stephen Ayers from Trumbull County, Ohio, only woke up from Trump's spell once he was arrested, indicted, and then lost his job and his home. He seems contrite and very clear-minded when he spoke at the hearing. If you have some great piece of advice in dealing with them, I'd love to hear it. 
Thanks for your program, Alona. Great piece of advice in dealing with them. I don't have a great piece of advice because my choice is to not deal with them. Uh, Because I can come at them with logic, common sense, truth, and they don't want to hear it. And life's too short to try to educate people who don't want to be educated. I understand what uh, Dr. Corton, he is, an, is he a doctor? I don't know if he was a doctor or not, but he's a psychologist. And I understand what he talks about building bridges. And in normal situations where people are open to hearing other things, I understand building a bridge. But we're dealing with people who don't know the truth, don't want to hear the truth. And if you have the audacity to tell them something that is the truth and they don't like it, Well, then they get their ire up, they get angry, they get mad, and then it's impossible to deal with them. I kind of look at these Trump people as kind of like alcoholics. They drink. Now, I'll tell you, when I was young, I was partying from a very young age. I drank a fair amount. And uh, after a time, when I got older and I got a house and I got kids, I decided with the help of my wife, of course, I decided I'm going to quit drinking, which was unheard of amongst my friends and family and stuff like that. But I realized that it was going to be detrimental and it wasn't going to turn out well if I continued. And of course, you know, when you drink, you have mishaps, embarrassments and those sorts of things. And I had those, nothing dramatic. Uh, But I made the choice and I quit. And that was 32 years ago. And I don't think about it at all. It was the best choice I ever made. But when you're talking about alcoholics and you're talking about drug addicts, it always seems that they will fall off the wagon or continue to drink or continue to drug up until the time they've hit rock bottom. I know that's what the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous call it, hitting rock bottom. I mean, when you're in jail, when you've destroyed your life, when you're living on the street, at that point, some people realize, hey, (laughs) I fucked up. And I almost have to think that these people who are Trumplifucks right now are so deep and so mentally off for whatever reason, whether you want to call it a cult or what have you, that it's going to take some dramatic thing, like Alona said, somebody getting arrested and sentenced to jail. That's an eye-opener. That's something that will make you think twice about it. See, the thing about it is these people don't want to change their mind. We see it now because the facts are being thrown in their face and they don't want to listen to it. They have a mindset. It's a weak mindset, but a mindset nonetheless. They like what Donald Trump says. They like the fact that he's racist, he's a misogynist, that he's he's anti-Semitic, that he cheats and uh, steals and does all of these things. They like that. To them, he's kind of a hero because he's living the life somehow they feel like they'd want to live, but they don't have the courage or the position or the money to do it. I hope that now that we're in the downside of Donald Trump, meaning the investigations and the treason and all this stuff, this will wake people up. But I'm not convinced that it will wake up everybody. I don't I don't think it will. I just I don't. Because people are so 
tightly holding on to Donald Trump. The only thing we can really hope for with these people is what we had before Donald Trump. These kind of people, these racists, these misogynists, these crazy fucking cult members, prior to Donald Trump existed. They were there. They're not new since Donald Trump came into office. But they were hiding under the rocks because it wasn't appropriate for them to say and do the things they were doing. They'd do it in their own homes or at the bar with somebody else, but they wouldn't do it out in public. They wouldn't speak loud and proud about it. They were under their rocks. Donald Trump comes in and he makes it okay for them to stand up and scream and yell and do these horrible things. The only thing I think we can hope for is take those people. I don't think they're retrievable. I don't think we can fix them in in most cases. There will be some that say, oh, Christ, my eyes are open. But I think most of them, if they aren't made to be accountable for something, they don't hit a rock bottom. The best we can hope for is that they go back under their rocks. We have an environment that isn't comfortable for them to come out and say the things they fucking say. That's honestly the best I think we can hope for. So, Alona, thank you very much for the uh, email. Feel free to email again anytime. Well, Joe Biden gave a speech today, and it kind of out of character. It was kind of a strong speech. It was in prime time, which isn't something he normally does. President Joe Biden accused former President Donald Trump and his supporters of promoting an extreme ideology that threatens democracy in rare primetime remarks Thursday, yesterday, as he stepped up attacks on conservatives ahead of the midterm elections. Now, Joe Biden said something recently that he called MAGA folks semi-fascists. <laughs> and the semi-fascists are upset about it. How dare he call us that? He needs to apologize. Well, frankly, I think Joe Biden needs to apologize to Democrats and we normal people because semi-fascist, little fucking light, I think. Clearly, they are fascist. But see, this is the interesting thing about these people. These people are the same people that spent six years calling people names, calling them socialist, calling them communist, calling them pedophiles. And now they're hurt because Joe Biden had the audacity to identify who they actually are. Actually, he couched it. He should have said they were fascist because if they aren't fascist, I don't know what you have to do to be a fucking fascist in this country. He went on to say too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. (laughs) Yeah, you figure? Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans represent extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic, Biden said in a speech from the uh, Independence National Historical Park in Philadelphia. He accused so-called MAGA Republicans, a reference to Trump's Make America Great Again slogan, of course, of refusing to recognize free and fair elections, increasingly talking about violence in response to actions they don't like, and of being determined to thwart the will of the people. I don't know. So far, he seems pretty accurate. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies, Biden said. Ahead of the remarks, a senior administration official 
insisted that it was not a speech about a particular politician or even about a particular party. (laughs) Yeah, we know who you're talking about, Joe. Biden said he didn't believe the ideology he was referring to represented that of most Republicans. I beg to differ, although it has been embraced by a number of elected Republican officials. Not every Republican embraces the extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans, Biden said. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, That's right, and I agree, dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, and that is a threat to this country. For a long time, we've reassured ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it is not. We're finding that out. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us, Biden said. Biden laid into those who have embraced Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was rigged and sought to disrupt the upcoming 2022 elections, calling a belief a threat to the fundamentals of American democracy. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated, Biden said. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. Republicans offered their own retort ahead of Biden's speech, appearing hours earlier in Biden's hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, they nailed him. (laughs) House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy accused the president of being divisive and called on him to apologize for labeling Trump supporters as semi-fascist at a recent campaign event. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. Instead of trying to bring our country together to solve these challenges, President Biden has chosen to divide, demean, and disparage his fellow Americans simply because they disagree with his policies. That's not leadership, McCarthy said. When the president speaks tonight at Independence Hall, the first lines out of his mouth should be to apologize for slandering tens of millions of Americans as fascists. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Like I said, these fucks are the party of calling people out, calling people names. And have they ever apologized? What Joe Biden said was simply accurate. I mean, we've got Donald Trump attempting to overthrow our government. Now we find out he's got documents and he's giving them to our enemies. (laughs) Yet these fucking people support that. So it's natural to think, well, if they support somebody who's doing that, they are good people. They don't deserve to be treated as good people. But of course, you know, Kevin McCarthy wants to project, you know, what he's saying. um, What he's saying essentially is projection because what he's saying that Biden is guilty of is exactly what they are guilty of. McCarthy appeared with Jim Bognett, the Republican nominee trying to unseat Representative Matt Cartwright in Pennsylvania, who represents Scranton. McCarthy, who is the favorite to be Speaker if Republicans flip the House, argued that Biden has failed to fix inflation and supply chain issues, secure the southern border, or address rising crime rates. Well, inflation's coming down. Gas prices are coming down. The supply chain issue is starting 
to open up. And the southern border, well, first of all, the southern border has never been fixed by any president. And frankly, Biden is doing more than Donald Trump ever did with the southern border. While the Biden administration billed the remarks as an official White House event, not a campaign event, the speech comes as the president is stepping up efforts to help Democrats hang on to control of Congress with the midterm elections coming up. Now, interestingly enough, an NBC News poll last month found that threats to democracy had overtaken the cost of living as the most important issue facing the country. That leads the poll. That's interesting. That's not bad news for the Democrats. That is bad news for the Republicans. They're the one that are trying to upend democracy. Biden likened the outlook of Republicans who have embraced the MAGA philosophy central to Trump's presidency as semi-fad fascism. <laughs> so, of course, we've got the Republicans all mad and butthurt because somebody called them a name, even though it happens to be true. They're mad about it. Well, maybe you should apologize to all the people you said were communist or socialist or pedophiles or whatever. It seems everything that they say, everything that they accuse people of, are the very things that they're fucking guilty of. I don't know. It goes back to Alona. Can we deal with these fucks? I don't think so. Can we straighten their minds out? Can we compromise with them? Look, if you're going to compromise with somebody, you need both sides willing to compromise. If you're willing to compromise, uh, that's fine. But I'm not willing to compromise. Tell me, please, how I compromise with somebody who wants to overthrow the government, who wants to create or, or commit treason. I can't compromise with those people because they are wrong. You know, that's I've had people say this to me. You know, you won't listen to their side. You won't give them any room. No. If you're an enemy of this country, if you're trying to hurt this country, forgive me if it's not polite, but I'm not going to fucking compromise. I know in this, this may sound arrogant, but I know in this situation they are wrong and I am right. And if I believe I'm right, I don't back down from that shit. Never, ever, ever. Especially when it's going to hurt other people. They want to hurt people. They want to hurt this country. And you want me to compromise with them? Fuck no. Joe Biden is doing the right thing here. And I've said this before. Once they get control of the narrative, meaning the Democrats, they need to shove it down their throat. They need to be talking about this all the time. This is the very strategy that the Republicans have used on the Democrats for decades. Now we have these fuckers on the run. We have them exposed for who they are. We need to have the killer instinct and put them away. And I appreciate the fact that Joe Biden stood up spoke plainly, and put them in their place. Now, if the Republicans are upset or hurt by that, fucking good. That was the point. All right, we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, here's a name that I never thought would be relevant again. The January 6th Select Committee has asked conservative shitster and former House Speaker Newt Gingrich to voluntarily 
testify about his involvement in the Capitol riot and the events surrounding it. According to a letter the committee sent Thursday, Gingrich gave Donald Trump administration insiders Jared Kushner and Jason Miller detailed input on TV ads designed to cast doubt on the 2020 elections. Newt fucking Gingrich. (laughs) Oh, Newt was a fucking asshole. He was an arrogant fuck. And if you want to find the source of how the Republican Party ended up the way they are today, he is the beginning. Isn't there a story where his wife was dying of cancer or something and he went in while she's in the hospital and asked for a divorce? That's the kind of fuck he is. He's a piece of shit. And now we find out that somehow he was involved in this situation. Well, this should be good. The letter also suggests that Gingrich was involved in the plan to have alternate pro-Trump electors interfere with the Electoral College vote. Well, Gingrich might be getting an indictment. In the letter, January 6th Committee Chair Benny Thompson noted that Gingrich sent an email to Kushner, Miller, and other Trump aides about an advertisement designed to gin up anger over debunked claims of voter fraud. Why didn't this motherfucker just retire? Doesn't he have enough trouble? I mean, this guy could be a target of this investigation. If he was involved in the January 6th insurrection, and it looks like he might have been. The goal is to arouse the country's anger through new verifiable information the American people have never seen, Gingrich wrote in an email. I will point out the, 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 this new verifiable information the American people have never seen. Back in December 8th of 2020, guess what? <laughs> it's September 2nd, 2022, and we still haven't fucking seen it, Newt. He goes on to say, if we inform the American people in a way they find convincing and it arouses their anger, they will then bring pressure on legislators and governors. So it doesn't matter if it's real or true. Let's just stir some shit up. That's what Gingrich does best. The committee asked Gingrich to testify during the week of September 19th and requested that he preserve any and all communications with the White House, the Trump legal team, and other January 6th figures. Uh, this guy this guy's an evil motherfucker. Gingrich did not immediately reply to the request for comment. However, speaking to the CBS News reporter Robert Costa, he called the investigation into the events of January 6th a a Stalinist show trial. (laughs) Yeah, motherfucker, but they're going to get you. And said he plans to have his attorney talk with the committee about its request. Newt, you have no more fucking power. You're not in politics anymore. You're just some grouchy old fuck that used to be somebody. It tells you everything you need to know about them that I'm hearing this from you right now. Publicity stunt, Gingrich told Costa. I have no idea what this is about. But when Costa asked Gingrich if he planned to cooperate with the committee's request, the conservative took a slightly less bombastic tone saying that he would... Follow the advice of counsel. (laughs) That's interesting. That's very interesting. Newt Gingrich, a blast from the past. 
an evil, corrupt, criminal motherfucker, rears his head into politics today. He's been out of politics for a long time. He couldn't get voted dog catcher. But somehow he snuck his way into these Trumplefucks and added his two cents. Well, I hope he enjoyed it because this might cost him an indictment. After getting through all those years in politics, making probably a ton of money, could just be sitting home and living large. But instead, he's got to stick his nose in here. His ego is too fucking big. And now it's going to cost him. You're going to say, I'm not going to testify in front of the J6 committee? What's your reason why? You're not a sitting member of Congress. You haven't been in politics for any number of years. You really have nothing protecting you. You're just a fucking guy. And when just a fucking guy does criminal shit, they do fucking time. And while we're on that subject of just a guy, how about just a gal? Really has no standing, really has no elected office, really has no power other than she's married to a Supreme Court justice. Of course, I'm talking about the wife of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, apparently, we're finding out more information. We know she was all over the Arizona legislature trying to get them to try to overturn the election. But now we find out she was also sticking her nose in it in Wisconsin talking to state lawmakers, including the chair of the Senate Elections Committee, urging them to overturn President Joe Biden's 2020 election win in the tightly contested state. Emails obtained Thursday by the Associated Press show Virginia Jenny Thomas, a conservative activist, She's a fucking nobody. She has no job. Also had sent messages to more than 2,000 or two dozen lawmakers in Arizona. In her communications with the lawmakers in both states, Thomas urged Republicans to choose their own slate of electors after the election, arguing that the results giving Biden a victory in the states were marred by fraud. Despite the numerous reviews, lawsuits, and recounts, no widespread fraud Fraud calling into question the results has been discovered in either state. People keep saying to me, when is Jenny Thomas going to get it? Well, it's coming. Because you see, the January 6th committee is going to have some hearings this month, September. And one of the things they're going to be discussing is how this attack on the U.S. Capitol was funded. Now, we know Jenny Thomas was involved in paying for buses to come up here. I remember when that story first came out, they said, that's crazy, that never happened. And we thought it was just a conspiracy theory. But then some texts came out that show her saying, uh, send me a Venmo, I'll send you some money for the buses. So we know she did it. We know she walked in and out of the White House willy-nilly talking to people on the uh, administration staff, talking to Donald Trump. And why? She's fucking nobody. Well, except for the fact that she's married to Clarence Thomas, a Supreme Court justice. Now, of course, to me, that kind of implicates Clarence Thomas. If she's using his his power to get access to these things and get involved in these things, you really have to look at Clarence Thomas. Now, the emails received 
at the exact same time on November 9, 2020, by Wisconsin State Senator Kathy Bernier and State Rep Gary Touchin, were first reported Thursday by the Washington Post. The the AP obtained the email from Bernier and the watchdog group documented, posted uh, the email Tauchin received. The emails were sent at almost the exact same time as the ones Thomas sent to the lawmakers in Arizona. She was frantic. She was frenetic. She wanted to get everybody to overthrow or overturn this election. Now, Thomas did not immediately respond to a request for comment made to the court Thursday. Oh, big surprise. She's going to keep it on the DL. She's not going to talk. Well, let me tell you something. That crazy bitch is going to fucking talk. She's going to be made to talk. She has no protection. Bernier, in a telephone interview with the AP, said she did not recall receiving the email from Thomas. Yeah, right. Which was one of the thousands her office and other Wisconsin lawmakers received around that time. The message was sent over the Free Roots platform that allows for mass mailing of pre-written emails. Bernier said she had no contact with Thomas aside from receiving the email. Want to bet we find out different? Now, the email went like this. Please stand strong in the face of political and media pressure, Thomas wrote in the emails received by the Wisconsin lawmakers. Please reflect on the awesome authority granted to you by our Constitution. And then please take action to ensure that a clean slate of electors is chosen for our state. Well, we're finding out now the idea of instituting fake electors. Well, that's fucking illegal. Bernier said Thursday that she didn't fault Thomas for sending the message. Oh, so you support it, which she doesn't recall reading at the time. Of course not. Ginny is not a constituent, so therefore not top priority to respond to, Bernier said. And so I'm sure we did not respond to her. Well, if you did, they going to find out about it. Bernier, who has been outspoken in saying there was no widespread voter fraud in Wisconsin's elections, that Biden fairly won. She had no issue with Thomas contacting her about the election. I don't believe this is a hair-raising crazy stuff that everybody's making it out to be, she said, of the Thomas email. There were a lot of Republicans at the time that thought there was massive voter fraud. I'm sure she would have preferred taking it back especially after all the evidence. Tauchin declined comment through a spokesperson. Clarence Thomas was the only member of the Supreme Court who voted against the court's order allowing the U.S. House Committee investigating the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021 to obtain Trump's records that were held by the National Archives and Records Administration. The court voted in January to allow the committee to get the documents. Well, that's... You know, we've talked about that before, and that is a little fucking fishy. Jenny Thomas's role in the plot to overturn the 2020 election won by Biden is being looked at by members of the House committee investigating the riot. The committee asked her in June to sit for the interview, and of course she has yet to agree, but she will agree. Now understand that the DOJ also has an investigation into the insurrection. It won't be surprising if the DOJ says, hey, Jen, we'd like to talk to you, too. 
except you don't have the option to decline the DOJ. You either fucking do it or you go to jail. And it doesn't matter who the fuck you're married to. Now, another topic that's been going on after a little over 90 minutes in a closed courtroom, U.S. District Court Judge Aileen M. Cannon refused to issue an opinion in the court on whether or not Donald Trump will get a special master to review the documents he stole from the White House for any attorney-client privilege. Here's the problem. The FBI's already gone through it. They've already filtered this stuff out. They could do it if they want to, but it's unprecedented. It doesn't look good for the judge, and all it will do is delay it for a little bit of time. Now, keep in mind, this was filtered out and looked over completely by the FBI for two weeks, so it's not going to delay it for any particular time. I had some people suggest some things. First of all, if you're going to get a special master on this thing, they better have the highest clearance that they can possibly have because these are top-secret and top-secret SCI documents. They are the highest security. So if you're going to hire a special master, they better have this fucking clearance. And if they don't have the clearance, now you're going to have to get them the clearance, and it's going to take a couple of months at least to get them up to speed. Now, somebody online suggested, hey, I've got an idea who might be good special masters, And I guarantee you the Republicans aren't going to like this. But some obvious choices who would have the clearance would be, oh, I don't know, Barack Obama or maybe Hillary Clinton. She was Secretary of State. She would have that kind of clearance. I don't know who gets to pick the special master if she decides to do that. But uh, it's just an annoyance. It's not a uh, game changer for the Republicans. It's just a weak attempt at trying to delay this shit. Now, you have to understand that Donald Trump's legal team, the crack legal team, and I say crack because I think they're on crack, not because I think they're good, that uh, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. At every turn, everything they've done has done nothing but make it worse for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump couldn't be in a worse position right now at this point. Now, speaking to MSNBC, former prosecutor for special counsel Robert Mueller's team, Andrew Weissman, said that the judge not seeing any urgency to rush to issue a special master from the bench is a good sign for the Justice Department. Former Justice Department prosecutor Barbara McQuaid also said that if the judge was going to fine for Trump, she would likely do it in dramatic ways that was public and would calm MAGA world. Her other observation is that the judge could have put a pause on everything pending her written ruling, and she didn't do that either. Fact of the matter is, I don't think she's going to offer up a special master. She's not going to agree to that. She got a lot of heat when she inkled it a little while ago, and that heat continues. Now, if she actually does it, she is going to get buried with heat, not only from the public, but from other lawyers, from other judges. The legal community sees this for what it fucking is. Now, in court, the DOJ argued there is no need for a special master and that having one would only cause further delays in the criminal investigation, indicating that prosecutors consider it 
a criminal investigation. That's interesting. Whether there's a special master or not, the case will still move forward with Justice Department investigating the documents and how they got to Mar-a-Lago and who had access to them through security camera footage that observed people going into Trump's office and the storage room. What you have to understand is that they're looking for client attorney privileged papers. And I think they found some and they sent them back to them. But that doesn't stop anything. It doesn't stop anything at all. Merrick Garland can still throw down indictments if they do have a special master. It's a, it's a joke. It's too late. They took it to the wrong place to get the special master. They should have gone to Washington, D.C. Instead, they go to Florida because they've got somebody they think is sympathetic, a judge that is sympathetic, basically because she was appointed by Donald Trump. Now, according to photos taken in the office, Trump's visitors in the room with the classified documents include, now get this list, Michael Flynn, Mike Lindell, Carrie Lake, Matt Gates, George Hamilton, fucking George. There's an old school has-been. And speaking of has-beens, guess who else came in there? Vanilla fucking ice. Alex Rodriguez and the Nelk Boys. Now, I don't even know who the fuck the Nelk Boys are. Are they a podcast team or something? Fingerprinting the documents will also distinguish who handled the documents outside the former president. CBS News's uh, Stephen Portnoy reported that at one point in the trial, the judge indicated prosecutors may be overreading Nixon versus GSA, which said the National Archives could take personal documents, archive them, and return them to the president if they deem private. Trump skipped the first step in the case. He did nothing to declassify them. He didn't do any of the processes necessary. And the fact of the matter is, he took them. He told nobody outside his little circle of people. And he had documents that even if he did try to declassify them, he couldn't. And he had no business having them. He had them illegally. That's not up for fucking debate. That's a fact. Now, Nixon had attempted to block his personal documents and Oval Office recordings. You remember, he had the tapes that implicated his involvement in the Watergate scandal. The Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two that the Presidential Recordings and Material Preservation Act violated the presidential privilege of confidentiality. And, of course, uh, after he was out of office in 1978, they passed the Presidential Records Act specifically because of Nixon. Donald Trump's intelligence briefing habits while in office were the subject of a deep dive by the New York Times. They published online on Thursday. As President Donald J. Trump showed the most interest in intelligence briefings when the topics revolved around his personal relationships with world leaders and the power available at his fingertips, he loved seeing that he had power. Mr. Trump's appetite for sensitive information is now at the heart of the criminal investigation into his handling of hundreds of classified documents he kept at his Florida home after leaving office. And then, of course, lying about it to the DOJ, saying, yeah, I don't have any more. Uh, 
Of course, they searched the place and found a shitload more. Trump was particularly focused on his counterparts on the world stage. Mr. Trump devoured intelligence briefings about his foreign counterparts before and after calls with them. He was eager to deepen his relationships with autocrats like Kim Jong-un of North Korea, Xi Jinping of China, and to get leverage over allies he took a personal dislike to, such as Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany, President Emmanuel Macron of France, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada, the Times reported. A documented a document uh, identified as having information concerning Macron was listed as FBI as having been recovered from Mar-a-Lago. What he really wanted to do was just get the dirt on these people and then use it against him. I mean, that's his M.O. That's always been his M.O., Some people say that he was kind of a mentor to Jeffrey Epstein, and we know that Jeffrey Epstein made most of his money blackmailing people. Now, these were bad people in the first place, but he attempted to blackmail them. And apparently, he learned that from Donald Trump. So it's not surprising that he would do this. The funny thing is, he was doing it to our allies. With many world leaders, Mr. Trump, whose dalliances were the stuff of gossip columns for years, was fascinated by what the CIA had learned about his international counterparts, supposed extramarital affairs, not because he was going to confront them with the information, former officials said, but rather because he found it titillating, the newspaper reported. Trump had reportedly bragged to his friends he knew illicit details about Macron's sex life. Why is why is that a fucking thing? Why does that matter? But that's the small mind we're dealing with with Donald Trump. He he loved gossip. He loved ratings on TV. He loved showing that he was special, that he knew more than everybody else. Whether that information was was trite or not, he didn't fucking care about that. He he had no care about it. But that doesn't diminish what he wanted to do with those things. He wanted to be able to use those documents to benefit himself, whether it be financially, whether it be to pay back um, pay back debts like to Russia or Saudi Arabia. Here's the interesting thing. Yesterday, uh, the House Oversight Committee worked out a deal with Donald Trump's financial people, and the financial people are going to turn over Donald Trump's financial records, finally. And we're talking about tax records and such. And Donald Trump always said, well, I'm under audit and I got this and you'll find they're perfect and all this other stuff. But why these financial records are important to us is we need to know where he got the money. There's a lot of people that believe he got money from Russia. Now, the way I see he got money from Russia was through Deutsche Bank. There is no bank in the United States that would deal with Donald Trump because, well, he doesn't fucking pay his bills. So Deutsche Bank gave him all kinds of money. Now, Deutsche Bank's no different than other, any other bank. They aren't going to take a risk on Donald Trump unless the, the, the Russians launder some money through Deutsche Bank. And let's be honest, Deutsche Bank has been called out about laundering money from Russia. So that's not news. They've been accused of it. They've even been fined because of it. So Donald Trump 
more than likely got money from Russia through Deutsche Bank. We know that he's courting the Saudi Arabians to be the new sugar daddy because apparently the Russians have maybe dried up on him because he's no longer useful. So it's going to be interesting. And why this is important is because we need to know if he is obliged or compromised by these other countries. And if we find out that he was obliged or compromised by these other countries, then we'll understand better why he had these private meetings with Vladimir Putin or why he went to see Kim Jong-un or why he spent time over in Saudi Arabia and did that little fucking saber dance. You, you remember that. And that's going to tell us a lot. In addition to the documents that he's held illegally and no doubt showed to people who were adversaries to the United States. I have this belief. We know a little bit about what the DOJ knows about these documents, how Donald Trump got them, but I think they know or have some proof as to what he did with them. And if, in fact, they do have knowledge of what he did with them, Donald Trump is fucked. That is absolutely treason. That is absolutely verboten. (laughs) And if they have any proof of that, there's going to be trouble for Donald fucking Trump. No question about it. All right, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time, taking time out of your day to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.